We are back, the SQ Sports Podcast. I am Shane here with Q as always. Q, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Doing really well uh, because it is draft day. Uh, filming this podcast about five hours out from the 2019 NBA draft, the kickoff of the off season, um, and yeah, so we're gonna do a, a lot of draft talk today. Uh, we put up our final mock, our third and final mock. Um, came out a day ago, I believe. So we're going to go through that. Um, we took the Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper route of rotating pick by pick. So Q made the odd picks. I made the even picks. Uh, so we're going to go through that. Just talk about the, the major storylines of the past couple of days um, with the uh, Anthony Davis trade and how that's going to affect what happens um, tonight uh, or on Thursday night whenever you're listening to this. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we can just start it off. Uh, with the first pick, um, is which is Q, it's pretty. Um, what, uh, hot take taking Zion. Yeah, big um, hot take. Not really. I mean, not really much to say. He's easily the best prospect, and I think he's going to be sick with Lonzo and Ingram. Eh, Ingram's kind of a weird fit in the you know the three four, but him and Lonzo, I think, are going to be really fun, especially in transition. Um, I still hope they get a five. Somehow, if they trade back for like Bobo or something, or um, maybe they trade—I'm not really sure who they would trade. Maybe they sign like Brook Lopez. I don't know, something like that. So just a five that can do, like, can shoot a little bit and play some defense. I think they'd be really a really interesting team. Um, so yeah, that's really all I have to say about Zion. All right, uh, just one more note on Zion. Who would you say is is the most hyped prospect other than Zion coming into the league? Like. Has it been since LeBron? You think AD got this kind of hype? Cat? Maybe D&D um, I'd say – I don't remember AD getting that much hype. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I questioned it. I, I didn't think he was going to be good on – I thought he was going to be, like, fine on offense. I didn't think he was going to be this good. Um, the Cat thing, I feel like Okafor was supposed to go number one for a while, and then Cat kind of just, like, came on at the end. Then yeah. I might be just remembering that wrong. Simmons had a lot of hype. Because he yeah, even yeah. had a lot of hype um, last year. I feel like the most hype was Luca, even though he went third. Because um, he he just like seemed like people really like. I don't. I never really heard that much about Aiton. I'm trying to think. Fultz didn't really have that much. Um, Kyrie had like the question mark because he barely played. Who went number? John Wall had a lot. I feel like people are forgetting. yeah. John Wall yeah. John Wall had a lot of hype. Um, Blake. I'd say Zion. I'd probably say since LeBron, honestly. Like I can't really think of anyone else that had this. Yeah, like, people people have been known about Zion since he was like 15. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's it's kind of obviously the if you really break down like and study high school uh, basketball and even just the college recruiting trail, like you know some of these bigger names, but we were following Zion in high school just like people were following LeBron in high school uh, back in uh, the early 2000s. So I would probably agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean. I think with uh, Wiggins though, Wiggins had a lot. Yeah, Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins did have a lot of hype. Um, I saw a lot of people comparing Wiggins to R.J. Barrett. Uh, we'll get to that when R.J. comes up in the draft. But um, I guess we'll just go right on to the second pick. Um, consensus: John Morant. No different here, uh, especially now with the Mike Conley trade. Um, everything's just falling into place for Ja to be able to run this team. Still a very young team. Uh, you really only other building block is Jaron Jackson Jr. I guess you could say Kyle Anderson too, uh, but Memphis is still I would say in the early part of their rebuild. 
Um, so I, I think they're going to find themselves in the top 10 again next year, get another piece to uh, put next to Morant and Jaron Jackson and, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, they still have a – I think they're trying to sign Valanciunas still. And he's pretty young, right? What is he? He's 20, he's like 27. Yeah, 27. Yeah. pretty young. And he played pretty well for them after he got traded. Um, and they still have Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was decent. It was, I mean, for a second-round pick, he was solid. But, yeah, I think, yeah. I think Morant's going to be nice. with. Dylan. Yeah, I agree. Although I think – yeah, I, no, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be fine. I, I kind of want them to get a bit more shooting, which they kind of did because they got – I don't think Corver's going to play for them. Um, now they have Grayson Allen who can shoot a little bit, and I'm not sure about Crowder either. You might get traded again, but um, yeah, I just like like the whole like running pick and rolls with Morant and JJJ is gonna be really interesting. I just I just I'm just I'm happy they got like a point guard, and especially since next year they might not have their pick. Um, yeah, if it's top six, balls. right? Yeah, I think it's top six. So yeah, it's, it's a good fit. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, nothing else to say for that one. Yeah. All right, so number three, RJ, RJ Barrett to the Knicks. Um, they have him bringing in – they brought in Garland yesterday and they brought in Kobe White today, which I think is interesting. I think it might mean that – I saw one that was like a trade that was like Dennis Smith and either one or two of the Mavs picks to the Suns for number six, and then they take one of the guys they worked out. But – yeah, that'd sure be interesting. that because I mean the Suns would get DSJ. It's finally a point guard, even though he's kind of underwhelmed a little bit. Um, but either way, I still think no matter what, they're taking RJ at three. Yeah, because he definitely has the most superstar upside of anyone left in the drafts. Although I mean there are some things to worry about, like he shot really poorly, and he's kind of like has tunnel vision, but he's still yeah. he's so gifted. Like he just knows how to score, and he has like and the thing with the Wiggins thing. Um. He just seems like he has a way better motor than Wiggins. Like, there were questions about Wiggins in college because it seemed like he didn't really care, and it kind of – not that sure. he didn't care at all, but, like, yeah. a lack of something there. And, it, I mean, it came to fruition in the NBA. I don't think RJ has any of that. Like, he's, he was a clear, like, alpha. Like, he, I mean, he yeah. took more shots than Zion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he'll be good there. I think the fit – I mean, they don't really have to worry about fit right now because they're so bad, and they're probably not going to get anyone in free agency. Um maybe like Kyrie and they still want to sign Katie I don't know but um like Knox and Trier are both kind of ISO guys at this point same with DSJ if he's staying but I think I think they're all young enough where they could work out I think it I mean it could be really interesting because I think his passing is really underrated in my opinion yeah I would say I, I would say on all on that um if the Knicks stay at three they're definitely taking Barrett and, like, I agree with you. They definitely brought those uh, other guys in to work out for a possible um, trade down if, if the right offer comes up. Uh, but, yeah, if you're at three, you got to take Barrett. And, yeah, I agree with uh, the passing is underrated thing. I think he just needs to do it more. And, like you said, he gets that tunnel vision, uh, which, which he's a little, like, bullheaded, and he always wants to take everyone on, which is good to have. But he needs to reel that in a little bit, especially. I mean, obviously that Duke team was really talented, but now on the next level, um, when you're gonna have when you're gonna have all these guys who need touches, um, he's gonna have to reel that back and pass more. And if he does, I could see him being like a six, seven assists per game type of guy at the uh, shooting guard position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, moving on to number four. Um, the Lakers will be making the selection, but obviously, it will be on behalf of the New Orleans Pelicans after. 
the Anthony Davis trade went through. Um, I assume if you're listening to this NBA podcast, uh, you've seen the trade. Um, just to recap it, if you haven't, it was AD going to the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers sent back Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, the fourth pick in this draft. And then what, what were the stipulations on the other first-round pick? Was um, I know one's unprotected. I think the tw- I think the like the third latest one um, is unprotected. And then one is protected. It's like reverse protected one through eight. So I think the Pelicans get it if it's a, if in, in the top eight, but then if it's not a Lakers keep it and then it becomes unprotected or something like that. Okay. And then I think there's a pick swap, but it's still kind of confusing because they haven't been able to like officially announce it. Yeah, exactly. Um, that won't come to July 6th, I believe. Uh, so yeah, the, um, Lakers will be making this selection. I think uh, you can correct me if wrong, but I think we agree on this pick that it should be DeAndre Hunter um, just because Garland, Culver, or Kobe White wouldn't make a lot of sense unless you're trying to move on from Drew because you already have Lonzo and Drew in the backcourt. Uh, Hunter can come in, play right away, uh, even next to Zion in the front court, um, or play at the three. Get, um, Hunter's a very versatile guy, and he can knock down shots and he defends. And with a team that has Brandon Ingram and Zion, most likely, uh, guys that are going to be playing with the balls in their, the ball in their hand a lot, uh, it'll be nice to add what this team really needs in shooting. And Hunter can come in and give them that right away. Uh, yeah, I agree pretty much on all that. I mean, he's kind of like a – probably like the most boring prospect, but I think he'd be really good – Next, to, I think. I mean, he's really be good for any of these teams. I feel like the, either the Pelicans or Hawks would definitely be the best fit for him. Like, I don't know yeah. about the Suns or the Bulls because they already have wings, bunch of wings. Yeah, and, uh, the the Wizards. It's just I don't know anything. But like, I mean, I know about the Wizards, but it's just I don't know what they're headed. Like, I have no idea where they're headed. But yeah, yes, I agree. Uh, Hunter at four is a good pick. Um, so at five with the Cavs, I have them taking Jarrett Culver at Texas Tech. I'm not really that high on Culver because I'm not really sure, like, what he's going to be in the NBA outside of, like, like we said last time, like a Nick Batum type. But next to Sexton, that'd be a good fit because Sexton's a really good scorer and really athletic um, and a surprising shooter. I did not think he was going to be a good shooter, at least this early. And Culver is basically, like, the opposite. He's, I mean, he's not, like, unathletic, but he's not, like, a superb athlete or anything. And he's a good a good playmaker and a good defender, and uh, he can finish at the rim. So I think they'd be good just complimenting each other, and it gives the Cavs, like, a stable, like, a high-floor guy that they don't have to, like, take a risk. Because I feel like Sexton was kind of, like, the risky pick. I didn't think he was going to go eight, but I think taking Culver, like, kind of supplements that pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Cavs, I think any way they go with this pick, um, you can't really bash it because they need so many different pieces. And, yeah, some people have Culver as their fourth best prospect. I do not. Um, I'm kind of with you. I'm not a huge Culver guy. I think his shooting is kind of overrated. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with that pick, especially when the next two consensus prospects are point guards. Like making a pick that's not a primary ball handler isn't the word. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so pick number six, my Phoenix Suns. Um, We've been rumored to pretty much all four of – or all five of the second-tier guys. So, it'll be interesting where the Suns go with number six. Um, If they do hold on to it and this scenario plays out where 
Darius Garland and Kobe White is on the board. They're both on the board. I honestly would not care either way. Um, I'm really starting to fall more in love with Kobe White. Um, the more reading into him I've done. And Darius Garland just seems like a perfect NBA point guard in today's day and age. He can just go out there and get you buckets. Then again, he only played five games. So, I mean, you, you saw Kobe White at least once a week at UNC, where Garland is a guy that I never saw live one time. Um, I did go with Garland. More people who know what they, they're talking about, like more than I do, seem to think that Garland is a better long-term prospect that he has less flaws than Kobe White. Um, so in this case, I just kind of tended to agree with them. He di- he's only 6'3", like 175. It's not the best build. Um, but I think if he can take some of the scoring pressure off Devin Booker, I also think he'd be a nice uh, pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop guy with Aiton. Um, so I-, I think he would be a good fit in the Suns' backcourt. But like I said, if they do take Kobe White instead – I would not be upset with that pick. Yeah, I, I like Garland a lot more than White as a point. I, I feel like I like White. I just feel like he's more of a shooting guard. He doesn't really feel like a point guard to me. Um, he kind of reminds me of like a six four Devin Booker, which is good. But like they already have Devin Booker, um, and I think Garland can be a better pass. I mean, he only averaged two point six assists, but I think it was such a small sample size. I feel like he can definitely be a better pass than that. Um, from what. Like the highlights, he's making some really good passes, especially on lobs. He's really good throwing lobs, um, which would work really well with Aiton. Um, and if they get like a Randall or something, or for Sean Holmes, um, yeah, I, I I just feel like you can't go wrong with a guy that, that can shoot like that off the dribble. Like at at worst, he's like DJ Augustine, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree with that pick at six. All right. Uh, moving on to seven, who you got? Uh, I just have Kobe White because the Bulls really need a point guard. And um, ideally, they'd have like a defensive playmaking point guard, like Alonzo type, but there are no point guards like that in this draft really until like t- the late 20s. So um, adding him, it's you know a core of White, Levine, Porter, Markin, and Carter. That's, I mean, it's really a high upside group. There's not a lot of defense other than Porter. And maybe, I mean, Carter, I think Carter will be a pretty good defender at some point, but he just seems like some guy that can grow pretty well with them. He won't be expected to do much early in his career because the Bulls probably won't be very good. But um, he fills a need, and he's a lot better than Chris Dunn. So, yeah, I have him going seven. Uh, yeah, I think if the board shapes uh, up how it is in Armok, I think Kobe White is the pick. Uh, the Bulls have spent heavy, not spent heavy, but gone heavy front court in the past couple of drafts. Um, and I think he can build around Markkinen and Wendell Carter at the four and five. Uh, so it's time to add more backcourt depth. I think Kobe White's the guy. I think he's going to be a really good player. And I think he'd work well, his uh, style of play and his quick pace play that he showed at UNC uh, would work well next to Levine and with guys like Carter and Markkinen who can run the floor. So no problem with that pick at seven. Um, so now, uh, pick number eight, uh, the Hawks. I got Cam Reddish going eight. Um, I feel like after Reddish, it, it's, it's a kind of a steep drop-off. Um, the other prospects the Hawks may consider here, uh, Seiko Dumbia, the guy from France, power forward. Uh, Jackson Hayes, obviously, the number one center who's going to be taken. And then you're getting into the Gonzaga guys, Clark and Hachimura. Um, and if you want to take a 
pass on Little or something. I don't think it's worth it this high. I think Cam Reddish has the highest ceiling by far out of all the guys that I just listed. Um, I think – so right now the Hawks are working with Trey Young, uh, John Collins, who's really solid down low. A lot of people aren't giving him the respect he really deserves because uh, he's been buried in the lineup for the past two years. But he's good. And uh, Kevin Herter, who was taken in the late teens out of, Ma- out of Maryland last year, he turned out to be a really good player. Radish does play a style of ball uh, like Herter. Um, he's a great shooter, uh, more of a spot-up player than off the dribble. And I think at bare minimum, Reddish can stand in the corner and knock down threes uh, after Trey Young sucks in the defense. Uh, sucks in the defense, and I would say his ceiling could could just be like Carmelo Anthony, a guy that can just take over games and, and score from all three levels. Uh, but yeah, at minimum, I still like what he would do to this Atlanta offense. Yeah, I'm pretty high on like I was really high on Reddish going in, especially because that Kentucky yeah, game played well, and then yeah. he just like never really got going. Um, and his passing was like really bad. Uh, and that's like the main concern for me about him. I don't really think like it's like a motor thing. Um, because it didn't seem like he wasn't trying. He just he just kind of has like a sleepy game. Kind of seems like. Um, but I like his shooting form so good. Like it's just like it's like perfect. Um. And defensively, I think he's going to be really solid. Like, he has really yeah. good tools. He, like, has a pretty good understanding on that end. So, I think, yeah, he'd be a perfect fit next to Trey. Uh, especially since they probably – I think DeAndre Hunter would be a better fit. But since they can't get him, I think Cam's definitely, like, the next best thing. Yeah, I agree. And just one more thing. I was just uh, watching the Stephen A. Smith show. He said that uh, Radish was on first take a couple of days ago. And he actually said that um, – I, I mean, he didn't blame some of his lackluster performances on this, but he said he, was, he wasn't watching his diet well at all. He was eating, like, way too much junk food and pizza, and that caused him to uh, have low stamina, lose fatigue quickly. Um, I mean, that's big for a junk shooter if, if you're huffing and puffing. So if that is, obviously, um, or hopefully, uh, when you're on an NBA diet, NBA regime, uh, you get that squared away. Uh, and, I, I mean, I think it's not big of him, but just – to see him come out and say that and like take accountability uh, because he knows that he underperformed at Duke. Yeah. He was the third fiddle, but uh, he just didn't shoot the ball. Well, something he's like highly praised for. So he knows he could have performed better and him coming out saying something like that, I think actually shows a little bit about him, which is good to see. Yeah. He also had, um, I think Woj tweeted that he had like a procedure on his abdomen or something. So that might've contributed to that. Uh, I'm not sure. But um, so number nine, moving on to number nine, I have we have uh, the Wizards taking Suko Dumbia from France. Um, like we said in the mock, the Wizards are just a mess. They just they have they're missing Wall. They don't really have any outside of Bradley Beal. They just don't really have anything of value. I mean, um, Troy Brown showed some flashes this year, but I still think that was kind of a, a reach last year at fifteen. Um, and I think it's just it's worth it for them to just swing for the fences. I think Dumia could be really good. He kind of reminds me of Siakam a little bit, not just because he's like a foreign forward that can kind of do some things, but just the way he plays reminds me a lot of like what I saw out of Siakam his first two years before he exploded. Um, really interesting ball handling for his age, and I think his shooting stroke like it it's okay right now. He just kind of shoots it really high, which is all weird. But um, I think I think playing next to Beal would really help him out. And they just—they don't really have any big men. They have one. They have Thomas Bryant. That's really it. I don't think Jeff Green's going to come back. Um, I don't know anything. Like Dwight barely played, so I think having like a power forward that they can build around, I think, would be pretty solid. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know a lot about Doombia. I feel like the past month of mock drafts, any mock draft you look at, he's always going ninth to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say their other play could be here? Would it be Hayes? Because I, I do agree with Doombia. I mean, any mock that I've made, I, I put him at nine just because everyone else is putting him at nine. So um, it seems like people know something. But what, 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 what is another move you could see the Wizards going with here? Uh, I mean Hayes maybe because little would they reach on little you think little would be I feel like little would be a bit of a reach, um, maybe like Washington B.J. Washington yeah uh-uh. or like I mean Nikhil Alexander Walker is kind of like a Bradley old type just not as good so I don't think they would take him but uh, yeah, or I, I guess or Bull Bull I mean yeah. they really want to swing for the fence with Bull Bull but I don't know I yeah, think no, I agree. probably that would just trade back honestly yeah I agree with you I mean they need front court depth and Dumbia has a high ceiling so. Mm-hmm. can't go wrong with that pick uh moving on to 10 uh it's the atlanta hawks again uh this is the pick they acquired from dallas last season after trading back um when dallas moved up to get luka Doncic. i have the hawks and so do many other people have them taking jackson hayes center out of texas um number one center um on the board the hawks they're starting to build a core especially uh, if they get Hunter or Reddish um, at eight. And right now they're just missing a center. Yeah, they've played Collins at the four and the five. Um, I think Collins would be suited better playing next to a rim protector like Hayes. Hayes isn't going to demand the ball. He's just going to be there to catch lobs, clean up misses, uh, and protect the rim, um, especially early on in his career. After he had some bulk, he did show some touch. Uh, he, he, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to develop into a true – like guy who can stretch you from three-point line but he in, after a couple of years in the league he should be able to pick and pop an 18 footer uh, but either way I think his skill set right now is the perfect fit uh, for what the Hawks are looking for yeah he'd be good he'd be really good running the break with Trey I feel like um, yeah and I think he's gonna be a really good rim protector which would be nice next to John Collins although I would like to see him work on his rebounding the only, I mean he, I know he didn't play that much but um compared to a lot of other guys but he only averaged five a game but I mean, yeah, I think that's a solid, pick, a high floor pick. But I feel like he also—he's like a high floor, but he also has a high ceiling. Yeah, um, he can work on his shooting because he—I mean, he does shoot well from the line. He shot seventy-four percent on a decent amount of attempts. So yeah, I mean, and room for growth there. Yeah, I agree with you on his rebounding. Uh, he most of the time he just tried to use his athleticism and like length to snag rebounds. Uh, where now, especially in the NBA, where you're gonna have bigger bodies and more physical bodies. He's going to have to bang around in there and actually, like, throw a box out out um, to be able to uh, snag rebounds. Because, yeah, I, I, I mean, five rebounds a game is not good. I, if you stretch it out per 40, I think it'd still be under 10. So, um, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. He needs to work on his rebounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, moving on, number 11 with Minnesota. There have been rumors about this pick, but for now it's Minnesota's to, uh, to keep. So, uh, we have him taking Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Really interesting prospect he had more he had the same amount of blocks as he did miss field goals which is wild um poor shooter but he's a terrific defender although he does have some discouraging tools because his wingspan's only six eight and that's his height um but i think next to cat he'd be a, a really good fit because cat has issues like he just he just has issues all over on defense he's okay at protecting the rim but everything else he's just his iq just isn't there yet uh, so I think Brandon Clark can make up for a lot of that, and Cat can shoot, so Brandon Clark can work inside a little bit more. 
Um, and next to Covington, if they keep Covington, like that's a great three, four combo on the perimeter. And then offensively, I mean, he can hit mid ranges pretty well. He's, he doesn't take bad shots. So I feel like he wouldn't be taking shots away from cat. And, um, I guess Wiggins, if they still want him to shoot a lot, but, uh, so yeah, I feel like Brandon Clark's definitely a good fit. If Minnesota wants to try to get back into the playoffs next season. Uh, yeah, I, I like to pick here, uh, for sure. I think, um, the two other guys that you would consider, uh, PJ Washington or Hachimura who played the same position. I think they don't fit as well. Like you said, Clark's a defensive beast. Um, and he doesn't really need the ball on offense. He scores his points by kind of just going up there and getting loose balls and offensive rebounds. Obviously he had a bigger role at Gonzaga, but that's what he'll be doing in the NBA. I think he's a great fit next to Cat. Take some pressure off Cat on the defensive end because uh, you have another guy now down there who can block shots at a high rate. Um, and, yeah, Clark is one of the older prospects in this draft. I'm not too worried about that. He doesn't have as high of a ceiling as um, a lot of other guys that are going to go lower than him. Uh, but I think the immediate impact and the uh, high floor that he does have uh, makes up for that. So I, I think it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, at 12, uh, I have the Hornets back to back Gonzaga forwards. I haven't taken Rui Hachimura. Um, I believe it, what is it, like the first Japanese player taken in the first round? If, it, if it's not the first, it's, it's one of the I first. I think it is. I think yeah. it is. When Hachimura goes off the board, uh, he'll be there somewhere, probably in the lottery. Um, I, the Hornets are in a tough spot because they don't know if Kemba's coming back or not. Um, I don't know if they're going to use this pick uh, to try to entice Kemba. I don't think there will be anyone on the board at 12 that you can really pick that will be the deciding factor in uh, Kemba staying or not. Um, But I think Hachimura, regardless if Walker's back, uh, fits with the Hornets well. Um, Right now they're kind of building around uh, Malik Monk and Miles Bridges. Uh, Hachimura can play the four, even the five at times. Um, he's not a great defender, but he can score with the best of them. Um, he, his three-point shot does need a little bit of work, uh, but he can handle the ball well. Um, and, yeah, I think he's just kind of – kind of a, he's going to go in there and he's going to work hard and, like, he's, he's going to do the stuff that other people don't want to do. And, like I said, he may not have the best defensive tendencies um, or not, he's not the most athletic. But he's going to go out there and, and make you beat him uh, one-on-one. So he, he's not afraid of any challenge. I, I do think they could go a bunch of ways at 12, but I think Hachimura uh, makes the most sense. Yeah, I think either him or Bowl would make sense for them because, like, Bridges is kind of a high-floor guy, and they have Bacon, uh, Dwayne Bacon now, and um, what was it, what was it? Graham. They took Graham last year. He was actually pretty solid for them. And Monk, I don't really know what's happening. I mean – Monk probably right now is looking to just be like a six man, but I feel like they should, they need to take a risk. And I think Rui's a good risk that they can take because he fits with what they want to do and he can play next to Zell. I mean, Zeller is pretty solid. They can play him next to Zeller. They can play him next to um, Marvin Williams. Like they'll be, all right. I think, yeah, I agree. I just think he'd be a good pick at 12 for them. Um, and he seems like a really hard worker because I know he's 22, but he's made like a lot of progress because I know he started playing late. Um, that's what a lot of the draft guys are saying. He started playing yeah. at like 15 or 16. So, yeah, I agree. He'd be a good pick. Um, 13, Miami. I have him taking Romeo Langford from Indiana. Really, he was a fifth-ranked prospect. 
um, coming out of high school, and he kind of disappointed. I mean, he still scored 16 a game, um, five rebounds a game, 2.3 assists. Like, he still showed a lot of flashes, but his shooting just never really got going. Um, he shot in the high 20s from three and wasn't that great of a free throw shooter. But he still – he the thing I really like about him is that he's really good at drawing fouls, which is, like, really important in today's NBA. He drew um, seven fouls a game during his freshman season. Um and Miami's always done a good job developing their wings. Like Winslow's developed a lot. Richardson. Um, why am I? I'm forgetting the other one that they have. That's really good. But uh, Tyler Johnson, even though he's gone now, like he became a solid player, just second round pick. So I think Langford would be just getting in Miami, letting him handle because they really need like an ISO score. That's really the only thing they're lacking, um, and some shooting. But um, Getting Miami a good culture, I think he'd really thrive there. I'm so I'm so pretty high on. Like I feel like he could have been like a top five pick if he, you know, lived up the expectations. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I mean, I think the Heat are always swinging for the fences, and Langford is the perfect swing for the fence. He's got a super high ceiling, like you said uh, at the beginning of the year. Many projected him to end up uh, in the top five of this year's draft. Obviously, there's our concern. He played with like a tear in one of his uh, hand tendons. Um, which some people are equating to why he didn't shoot the ball as well as people thought he were go- was going to. But, yeah, I agree. Um, he's a guy you kind of want to give him the ball and, and back away, and and he'll do a lot for you. And like you mentioned, the development of wings that people didn't think were going to be as good um, under Spolstra. Um, he's got a good track record, I guess. And Langford's a perfect high-ceiling prospect. Or if he works out, he could be uh, one of the key building blocks to uh, Miami team down the road. So, good pick there. Uh, to round out the lottery, we have the Boston Celtics picking. It's the Kings pick. Um, the Celtics were hoping this one would be higher than it is, um, but it ended up being the last one in the lottery after the Kings put together a pretty good uh, season under De'Aaron Fox's sophomore campaign. Um, but anyway – I have the Celtics taking P.J. Washington here. Um, The Celtics have three top 22 picks. Many think that they're going to trade one, if not two of them. Uh, Ainge has already said that he doesn't want uh, three first-rounders on his roster. Uh, But who knows with what Ainge says and what he does. Uh, But I think Washington, especially with the Horford news now, I originally said that he could learn um, under Horford. Uh, Horford still might re-sign, but the news of him opting uh, out of his player option Washington, I think, would be a perfect fit. The Celtics obviously have the wing players in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, the backcourt is a little bit is a little bit messy, um, so I could see them going maybe in uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker out here. Um, but I think PJ Washington in his second year at Kentucky really elevated his game. Many thought he was going to come out after his first year. Ended up staying for a second year, developed a three point shot, um, became a true scorer from all three levels. And he's just a he's just a hooper. Um, he goes after the ball hard. He's a good rebounder. Uh, I think he's going to be a solid stretch four um, in today's NBA. Yeah, I like that pick. I think he's definitely he definitely benefited from staying. Um, he also just kind of reminds me of like a Morris twin, and they're probably going to lose Marcus Morris. So I think yeah, he, like he he seems to fit just like what Brad Stevens likes, like a versatile big man that can kind of defend the perimeter, but he's also can space the floor and he can finish inside. He just kind of does everything. So, yeah, I think that'd be a solid pick, especially since they probably are going to lose Morris and Al Horford at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a solid pick at 14. 
Um, at 15, we have the Pistons taking Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Virginia Tech. He's actually, like, probably one of my five favorite favorite, uh, favorite players in the draft because I, I just really li- – like, he can kind of do it all. I mean, I he like average four assists a game. He shoots really well. He plays really good defense. He has good uh, physical tools. He's a little skinny. I'll give you that. Um, but he's just – I feel like anybody who takes him is just really going to like him no matter what. And the Pistons are just – they have nobody – Nobody at the wing. I mean, Kennard's all right. Um, but other than that, they just – they really they have a gaping hole at the wing. I feel like he could really fit well because he can play off the ball from Blake and Reggie, but he can also um, kind of like – don't want to like lead the second unit and run the offense a little bit. I think he'd be really good. Yeah, I'm with you on NAW. Uh, he's one of, one of uh, my favorite prospects in this draft too. Um, watching him at Virginia Tech, especially last season – uh, what Virginia Tech did having uh, one of the best uh, years in school history. Uh, it was fun to watch um, when Justin Robinson, uh, their point guard went down, Alexander Walker took over a lot of the uh, main ball handling and he filled in nicely. He can show that he's not just an off ball guy. He can uh, play with the ball in his hands. Um, he's really versatile. I think he can guard one through three, um, unless you're throwing him up against like a LeBron at the three. But I, I do think he can guard um, most wings. And, yeah, I think uh, on the Pistons, what, Reggie Jackson's got one year left, I think, right? Yeah. I don't know if, he'd, if he's going to be a part of their long-term plans. And I think Alexander Walker could uh, come in and be a guy who can play 20 minutes, 20-plus 20 minutes with the ball in his hands. He doesn't always have to play off the ball, which he should. And, yeah, I mean, I think he's – He's got a pretty high floor because he's going to shoot the ball well and he's going to defend well. And those are two things we know as facts. The other part of developing his game, um, such as scoring, being able to be a one-on-one scorer, creating his own shot, um, we'll have to see if that comes. But, yeah, I think just what he can do already makes him a good pick at 15. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving on to the 16th pick, the Orlando Magic. Um, They snapped a six-season playoff drought. Uh, Good for them. Um, So they're going to be looking to try to catch one of those bottom four seeds in the East yet again. I think the pick here should be Tyler Hero if he's on the board. A lot of people think the Celtics may be taking him at 14. Um, Hero was obviously a Wisconsin guy. Um, He was originally committed to Wisconsin and then decommitted and switched over to Kentucky, which is Pretty wild because Wisconsin normally never loses guys like Kira. And I think if he was a Badger, he would not be in this draft. Um, just the way they develop their players um, compared to how Coach K does it. Nonetheless, he had a great uh, freshman campaign and came out. Um, yeah, I mean, he just shoots the lights out. Uh, Orlando's been stacking up on length and front court depth. I mean, you got – Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Vucevic, uh, he's, he's obviously a free agent. We'll see what they do with him. Um, Aaron Gordon. So besides like Terrence Ross, and I know they have Fultz now, and they get Augustine, Augustine is serviceable, they, they need some shooting and they need some uh, backcourt depth. I think Hero should be the pick here. Um, worst comes to worst, he's just a really good three-point shooter, and that's it. But I, think, I think he's so young. I think he'll be able to develop into something more than that. Yeah, I agree. I really like Hero. Um, I think his ball handling is a lot better than he had to 
like show a lot because obviously he was mostly just used off ball for Kentucky, but it's rare that like the great shooters in a draft is a freshman. Usually it's like yeah. a third or fourth year guy. Yeah. Um, and I know he only shot 36%, but his free throw percentage is nine, what? 93, yeah. 93.5, which is ridiculous. Um, and I feel like the magic would be a good fit because he has a negative wingspan by like three inches. He's listed as a, with a six, three wingspan and he's six, six. Um, maybe closer yeah. to six five, but like the Magic have all this length, so it's not like that big of a deal for them. And he can fit pretty well next if they have like a full if they start full, it's like they, he can actually fit pretty well with him. And so yeah, I just think that's a really solid pick because really they're really desperate for shooting, especially if Ross leaves, um, which he might. But yeah, I think it's a good pick. Um, Seventeen Atlanta Hawks. We haven't taken Bull Bull, so. And we know we already have them taking a center at 10, but if Bull Bull is there at 17, I feel like it's worth it for the Hawks to just maximize the asset, especially since he might even be a better fit um, than Hayes because we know they like to play with like a uh, floor spacing five. So I'm iffy on Bull. Like I, I'm intrigued, but I'm also like really scared about one is health and two, they're like motor concerns. <clears throat> about whether he cared or not and there's some bad film in him about there like just not even caring to get like a rebound but then his natural talent is just ridiculous and he's only a freshman and you know shooting fives at the nba at worst can play like 15 minutes a game and be effective so i think it's a, it's a solid pick for the hawks especially since they're not gonna be good they, they have a with three picks that's they're like in a spot that they can take a risk yeah no i agree uh definitely a good pick of bulls there at 17 He's, like, one of the guys, like we mentioned, he could go, like, nine to the Wizards, or he could fall into, like, the mid-20s. So it'll be interesting to see where he does end up. Um, I, I, I have been definitely higher on him than you. I could just be getting caught up in looking at the box scores. But even just, like, seeing him hit, like, step-back threes in, like, the nine games he played at Oregon, and you look at the uh, his basketball reference, he averaged 21 and 10 um, and three blocks a game. On 56% shooting, 52% from three, and an effective field goal percentage of 61%. And he shot three threes a game. So he shot like he probably shot like 26 threes in college and, and made like 14 of them, something like that, which is, which is – I know it's a still a small sample size, but that really intrigues me. Um, and I'm not going to be one that hates on anyone for taking a risk on bowl because I definitely see where it's coming from. But yeah, um, obviously the uh, the motor issues that you mentioned, and just being seven two. I mean, he's kind of thick, thicker than what 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 the ringer officially list him as weight was, weight wise. Like two thirty, two oh eight. He was two thirty during the season, but then at the combine, uh, he was weighted at a two oh eight. Okay, so so yeah, all right, so. Obviously, he's gonna put on weight, but um, if even coming, even if he's like two twenty, like he's gonna get beat up down low with with that frame, which is a concern, which obviously leads to injuries. But like I said, uh, I'm a bull bull fan, so if any team takes a flyer on him, uh, I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so moving on to pick eighteen, um, another guy who could really go in a lot of places this draft. This, I have this, the Indiana Pacers taking Nasir Little. Um, Little was the number three prospect coming out of high school. And then obviously he wasn't going to start over Cam Johnson or Luke May. So he kind of found himself in a uh, weird position that at first 
uh, didn't work out too well where he was the sixth man for UNC. Eventually he kind of grew into the role, but I still think he was handicapped a little bit by the talent of his team where he couldn't just go out and ball out. Like I, th- I feel like, I feel like Langford, this is, he's kind of the opposite of Langford. I feel like Langford would have been better suited for going to like a Kentucky or something and playing on a team next to a bunch of really good guys. Mm-hmm. I think Little could have been better suited playing on a team like Indiana where he could have had the, the space and ability to just kind of do whatever he wants. Because I do think that he can score the ball and shoot the ball better than he showed in college. He was never really given the opportunity to get into a rhythm uh, with guys like I mentioned and like the Kobe Whites um, and Kenny Williams. Uh, they're all shooters. Um, so Monsieur Little really didn't play much on the perimeter. I, I, I've seen this comparison, and I don't hate it. Um, people might just because of what he's done lately, but he's got a little bit of Kawhi Leonard in him just in the sense that coming out, he was just kind of known for his defense. Uh, I don't think he's as good of a playmaker as Leonard uh, was or – or I don't think he will be as good of a playmaker as he is now. But I think he could develop into a guy who can score one-on-one and play great defense and do the little things for you, maybe be a 20-point-per-game score at some point in his career. So I think it would be a good pick for the Pacers. Uh, obviously, they got Sabonis, Miles Turner, even throwing TJ Leaf down low. They're looking for more wing and backcourt depth. Um, I think Little would be a good pick. I'm starting to like a little more and the Kawhi thing, maybe look up Kawhi's college stats. I never have one. I didn't know Kawhi played two years in college. I thought he only played one. Um, and I also didn't know that he was a career 25% shooter from three in college. And now he's like a knockdown shooter. Uh, obviously Kawhi is like always the like absolute best case for a lot of these like big wings with big wing spans and super, yeah. like, a bunch of athleticism, but Apparently, Little's been, like, shooting really well in workouts. That's what I saw someone say that. And his form, like, is looks pretty solid. I mean, he only shot, like, 26%, but it still looks good. Um, and I, 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 I like the fit with Indiana because if he can knock down just, like, slightly below average, then he would really fit well next to what they have with uh, Turner and Old Depot and um, Sabonis. See, I'm, I'm high on Little. He kind of – who's he remind me of? He reminds me a little bit of like young Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I um, and he has like freakish like physical measurements. Um, his wingspan seven one. He's six six. He's big, and he's only nineteen, so he has a lot of room to grow. So yeah, I think it's worth it for Indiana to take him at eighteen. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he's. I'd say eighteen if if he's not gone by like if he's still on the board and Indiana doesn't take him. I'd be really surprised. Like I think he's going to be off the board probably in the first fifteen picks. I, I don't. I just don't think we found the fit for him in this draft. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, by 18 for sure, I think he should be off the board just on pure talent alone. I wouldn't be shocked if Boston took him because he actually, he actually also reminds me a lot of Jalen. Co- like, yeah. out of college, Jalen – first of all, he got – like, Celtics fans were pissed when they took Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, he, and he shot really poorly in college, so a lot of people thought he just couldn't really make it. But, obviously, he's proven that wrong. And they have a lot of uh, – ESPN just put out a video. on like, I watched just before we started uh, – uh, scouting video on Little, and that was their like size comparison with Jalen Brown, which I thought was interesting. Okay, yeah, I mean that makes some sense to me. <clears throat> um, so nineteen, San Antonio Spurs. We have them taking um Goga. I'm gonna say Batazde, Batazde. I'm not sure how to say it yet because I haven't heard his name spoken yet. Um, from where's he from? Georgia, but he's playing. 
He's from Georgia. He's from the country of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like, even though he's kind of slow, he seems like a really solid offensive big man who can block, kind of like Ennis Kander, but he can block shots. Um, Yeah. And I think he's shown a a little bit of an ability to shoot, which the Spurs are really going to need because Aldridge is not, even though Aldridge will probably only be there like two or three more years, but um, Aldridge doesn't really like to shoot threes and neither does DeRozan. So I think having a stretch big that can also – um, defend the paint would be really solid. And he seems like like a really just fundamentally sound big, which I know we always say about Euro bigs, but he like, if you watch the film, he really seems like it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would agree. And obviously we know uh, how the Spurs and Greg Popovich like their international players. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. Learn under the tutelage of Aldrich. Like you said, he's probably gone in two to three years and then hopefully Goga which I guess I'll call him right now, uh, it turns into a serviceable big man. Um, I feel like Pop just always makes these guys work out. Um, and I have been seeing a lot of people linking him to the Spurs. So, yeah, if it happens, uh, I, I would not be surprised if he turns out to be a pretty good player uh, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at 20, uh, we have the Celtics' second pick. This is uh, the one they acquired from the Clippers. I'm taking Mufandu Cavangeli uh, from Florida State. He's a power forward center type guy. Uh, he actually was a sixth man for FSU. FSU had a, had a strong front line this year. Um, and he's been a high riser um, on draft boards. He's shown that he can shoot the ball, which is obviously big for all big men nowadays. Um, you got to kind of be able to shoot the ball. And he's a decent defender. And uh, like I said, the Celtics are set on the wing, and I think they need more help in the front court, uh, like a power forward center. And there have been some injury concerns with Calvin Galley. I mean, he wore braces on both knees uh, for the whole season, but I guess he's passed physicals with flying colors. So um, I could see a team in the early 20s taking a flyer on him. And uh, if the Celtics hold on to this pick, I wouldn't be surprised if it's them. Yeah, they've always kind of needed – like a big man that can actually protect the rim because they have Horford or they had Horford who's really good, like positional defender, but he's not like a rim protector and Baines isn't really a rim protector either. Um, I think he would fit really well. Just like, like a three and D center basically. Yeah, Um, exactly. And he's still like kind of raw. Like he has a lot of room for growth, even though he's only 22. Um, like he seems like he's just starting to come into his own. So yeah, I would really like that for the Celtics. Yeah, he's a he was a I don't know exactly what age, but he was a late guy to basketball too, like in his teens. Yeah. So yeah, and he's uh related to the Kemba Mutombo. So yeah. Um. All right. So twenty one, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm thinking Cam Johnson in North Carolina. Um, the Thunder really just need shooting badly, and Cam Johnson might be the best shooter in the draft. So that's really the whole rationale for taking him. Um, I know they love like their athletic wings, but eventually you have to take someone that can shoot other than Paul George. So yeah, I have Cam Johnson going 21. Yeah. uh, I think that's a perfect pick. Like uh, I would, it's kind of one of those picks when it starts getting into the latter part of the first round, it's kind of more guessing, but I feel like this one is uh, it's not locked in, but if Cam Johnson on the board, I don't see why he wouldn't take him. I mean, it's not like he's a 19 year old. He's 23. um, He's played five years in college. He can shoot the balls what they need, and he fits the timeline of winning right now. So um, I think from all those standpoints, makes it the right pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the Celtics' last pick at 22. This is their own pick. 
Um, I have him taking Kevin Porter Jr. here, the guard from USC. Obviously, very highly rated prospect out of uh, high school in Seattle, Washington. And then he had a uh, mix of off-the-court issues and injury concerns. Let him only play about 20 games, I believe it was, uh, in a Trojan uniform. Um, and he didn't really stand out too much. Uh, this is a guy who's been on the NBA draft radar for the past couple seasons, and he's been way higher than pick 22 um, for most of the time. Uh, now people have him dropping into the really late part of the first round. I think his overall pure skill is going to win out and someone's going to take a flyer on him. The Celtics, kind of like the Hawks, uh, who just have three first-round picks, if they use them all, you want to use one of them on a guy who's got a really high ceiling like this. Um, I know that he's more of a shooting guard than he is a small forward. Um, I know the Celtics are a little backed up on the wing, but when you can get a guy that can get his own bucket, I, I think those are invaluable in today's NBA. So, yeah, I agree. I think, um, especially since Terry might, uh, maybe Terry will stay now. But in the case that Terry leaves, it'd be nice to have Porter as like a six man type because um, it's just hard to find nineteen year olds that can ISO the way he does. Um, it's just really pretty watching him do it. And I know there are a lot of questions because of you know suspension and stuff, but I think at twenty two, like he's definitely like a top ten talent in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so taking him 22 is definitely a good choice for Boston. Um, all right, so 23 Memphis Grizzlies uh, just traded for this pick yesterday. We have them taking Dylan Windler out of um, Belmont, one of the best shooters in the draft and a really good rebounder too. Um, like we said earlier when they picked Ja, they just need some shooting. Um, JJJ can shoot. Uh, Morant's kind of iffy, and Valanciunas is getting there but still not really there. Not all the way there, so I think taking Windler will be really solid for them. He's just he's he's great size. He kind of reminds me of I mean not just like the white lefty guy, but he reminds me of Ingles a lot. Um, and I think his ball handling is also really interesting. Um, I don't know. He just he just like he has really good measurements. He's pretty athletic. He made two hundred thirty three threes last year on forty two percent, which is excellent. Um, so yeah, that's really. They just needed a, a three and D wing for Memphis. Yeah. So I think it's a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, I like the trade overall uh, for Memphis. And um, yeah, I like the pick. Uh, obviously this is, uh, I, I kind of see Windler as like a Doug McDermott guy. Like he, he wasn't a power five player um, and he stayed for, they're both, I think what well, Windler's a four year guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's 22, so I would assume so. Um, and I, McDermott was three or four years, too. Um, I think he was four. Cause, four, because, yeah, yeah dad four. was a coach. But, yeah, yeah. so uh, just guys who rebounded well and shot the lights out at um, mid-major programs. Uh, you didn't hear a lot about Windler. Um, you kind of did more with McDermott. But, yeah, I mean, he rebounds well for his size. It might, might Some of it might have to do with the competition he was going against, but – when you're shooting 43% on seven attempts a game, uh, you got something there. And people have said he, he extends way beyond uh, the college arc. So I don't think there'll be any problem transitioning to the NBA game. So uh, I think good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, on to 24, I think this is another, if this guy's on the board, they should take him. I have the Sixers taking uh, Matisse Dybul. Um, one of the best college wing defenders, if not the best college wing defender in the past decade. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the Sixers, yeah, they have questions surrounding Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick this offseason. I assume two of them will be back. Um, and at that point, you're, they're just trying to add uh, niche role players. They don't need scoring. Uh, it may be a little shooting, but they need some – it doesn't hurt to have more wing defending, and Thibault gives you that uh, at a really, really, really high rate. Um, like if you just look at his, I just had a, his. Uh, he was the two. He was two-time Pac-12. Um, what defensive player of the year? And in four seasons, he averaged two point five steals per game and one point four blocks. Over his last two seasons, he's averaged three point two steals per game and two blocks per game. So, just some ridiculous numbers. Um, I'm pretty sure he's got a. Doesn't he have a ridiculous wingspan? Yeah, it's um seven feet. Yeah, he's a six five with a plus seven wingspan. Yeah, and I don't think you can go wrong with taking Thibault. I mean, I think you know what he's gonna do, and you know what he you know what he's not gonna do. As long as he can shoot the three ball at like a even like a thirty three percent clip in his first season or two, like that doesn't hurt you. And the defense that he adds is so so beneficial, especially in today's NBA where. It's just as many wings as you can have on the court you want. So I would like to pick by Philly. Yeah, I really want Thibel. Um, at twenty, if he's there at twenty-four, I'd be pretty disappointed if they pass on him because I'm pretty high on his shooting. Like he had a bad year from three, but in the past, well, the year before he shot point five more attempts. He shot thirty-six point five percent. The year before that, um, the same amount of attempts. He shot forty percent. He's a good free throw shooter, and his form like looks pretty solid. I think he just had a bad year shooting, so I'm pretty high. I'm really, really high on him, honestly. And I think um, a lot of people are worrying about if they take him, like that they think he's similar to Zaire Smith. But I don't, I don't really see that. Like I mean, they're both like athletic shooting guards with really good defense. But Zaire is much more of a project offensively than Thibault is. Um, and so I think like a potential lineup, like say they bring everyone back potential defensive core of like Simmons, Thibault, Butler, Harris, and Bede. Like that's a, that's a great defensive core. Yeah. Uh, and I think he just like knows how to be a role player. Like he knows that he's not like a guy that goes off the dribble. So yeah, I really hope he's there at 24. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think they should definitely take him if he's there. Yeah. Um, so 25 Portland Trailblazers, we have him taking uh, against Dort from Arizona state. Kind of a weird prospect. He's six, four, over 220 pounds, um, not really a great shooter, but he's still like a really interesting prospect. He also has a six eight wingspan. Um, he kind of reminds me of like Marcus Smart a little bit, um, at least before Marcus Smart improved to the shooter, because he's just like, I don't know, he just he he, he like he seems really gritty, and he seems like he just kind of does the stuff that would make like a like a coach really fall in love with him, even if he's not a great shooter. Um, and he just plays really hard. And I feel like Portland can always use those kind of non-ball dominant guys that can play defense, especially if um, they get rid of like Evan Turner. I feel like he'd be a solid replacement. So. Yeah, I, I definitely don't hate the pick. Um, Dort like kind of has come on the scene over the past like couple weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't mind the pick, and especially I think there's been so much speculation about. I, I don't think they will, but if if uh, obviously you brought up the Evan Turner concern whether he'll be back or not. And if they eventually uh, move on from CJ, 
um, and trade him. And I think Dort, he's going to fill a good role as a backup. But I think he has the ceiling to eventually become a starting caliber uh, combo guard. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's going to come in and give you solid defense right away. Uh, it's kind of concerning he shot five threes a game and only knocked down 30% of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, he's still 19, so you, you have a lot of room to grow. So I, I don't know a ton about Dort, so I can't really knock the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, then 26, uh, it's the Cavaliers pick uh, via the Rockets. Uh, I have them taking Keldon Johnson. Uh, we know the Cavs just need to add. They're looking for best talent. They're not looking for fit. Um, earlier in the mock, we had him taking Jarrett Culver. Kind of plays the same position as Keldon Johnson. But like I said, they're not looking for fit. Uh, Johnson can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. I think at 26, he's going to be the most talented player um, if he's there on the board. Uh, yeah, I really liked what he did at Kentucky. Um, he shows promises of being um, – uh, capable three-point shooter and I think he'd be a good fit next to Sexton um, and wh- whatever uh, way they go at five yeah I agree um, Johnson he just kind of seems like a guy who's good at everything and everybody can use that and I thought he was I don't know it seemed like he was mocked in like the top 15 for a while now he's just kind of slipping yeah I, I think he's gonna go higher than 26 uh, to be honest. Yeah, honest yeah honestly I wouldn't be surprised if Boston took him um, or maybe uh, maybe OKC if Johnson's gone, or maybe even Memphis. But Memphis, yeah, I could see him going to Memphis. Yeah, I want. I, I mean, I like him. I don't like love him. He kind of reminds me of uh, Miles Bridges last year, a little bit. Yeah, he's kind of a do it all type of guy. Yeah. Um. So Brooklyn at twenty seven from Denver, we have him taking KZ Okpala from um Stanford. Um. Another interesting wing. Like, there's a lot of interesting wings in this draft. I will say that. Um, he's kind of like a, another do-it-all wing. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Ingram a little bit, although I don't think he's as good of a ball handler. But he just seems like a, like a good bet to be um, like a high floor guy, in my opinion. He shot well from three. Um, and his defense, I think, is pretty solid. So that's really all I have to say about him. I didn't watch him that much. I've only been watching tape, but I think the Nets and the Nets really need wing depth, especially if um, you know if they get one of these guys in free agency and they have to potentially trade like Joe Harris. Um, they could really use, especially and also uh, Demar Carroll is probably going to leave. So yeah, I'm taking KZ Okpala. Yeah, I mean I I like to pick. He's another guy who's uh, newer to basketball, and he had um, a major improvement from his freshman year to his sophomore year, um, averaged two more boards, seven more points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the net, yeah, the, the Nets are just going to – hopefully uh, for them, um, if they get Kyrie or pair like Kyrie with D-Rose, they're just going to need bodies, especially in the front court, um, just to throw out there. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Opa is a capable wing defender, um, and there's not, like, too many knocks on him. The only knocks on him are – that he is kind of uh, new to basketball. And, yeah, if you can develop a three-point shot, which it seems like now, uh, if you put in the work, most people can, then I think that it would turn out to be a pretty good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so 28, Golden State Warriors. Um, Golden State could go a lot of ways here. Um, I, I haven't taken Grant Williams. 
uh, out of Tennessee, two-time SEC player of the year. Um, Mr. Do-It-All, he was one of my favorite college players to watch last year. I don't know how great of an NBA player um, he's going to be, but I think, like, I know uh, it's to the same team, but he kind of he kind of reminds me, like, a little bit of, like, a more skilled Draymond because he, he's, like, undersized a little bit. He's, like, six, seven and a half, uh, but he does it all, and like I said, he can score better than Draymond. He's more skilled. Um, and he'll just do all the gritty work. And Golden State obviously has the big decisions uh, with Kevin Durant, or Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant have big decisions on whether or not they're going to stay or what they're going to do. Um, and other than that, like a lot of like the quote-unquote role players from Golden State, like the bench guys, like Bogut's gone, Drebko's gone, they're unrestricted free agents. Looney's uh, UFA, Quinn Cook's a UFA, Jordan Bell is. Um, so I think that's why I think the Warriors can go uh, many ways here. They could go backcourt, they could go frontcourt, just because it's so uncertain who they're going to bring back and who's going to walk. Um, but I, I am higher on Grant Williams than I guess than the people who think he has no place in today's NBA. Because I think a guy with that much skill and he brings high energy, high motor, he's, he's a do-it-all guy. I think there's a place for uh, that player in the league. I definitely like Grant a lot. I honestly like – I've kind of cooled off on it, but there is – like a couple weeks ago I was really debating like him versus uh, Clark from Gonzaga, especially uh, since yeah. both like kind of older forwards who are kind of undersized. Yeah. Obviously Clark's a lot more athletic. Um, just Grant, he has a really good feel – like he's a really good passer. Yeah. Really interesting, and he has improved as a shooter. He's a great free throw shooter, um, good mid-range shooter. He just seems like a guy that you know is good. they really just need people to be solid because we saw in the playoffs like um, especially after KD went out and they had to rely on their bench a lot more like they just didn't really have that many guys that could be solid uh, like McKinney wasn't really doing anything Jordan Bell couldn't really handle the the moment so I think getting him he just he seems like a really good teammate good like glue guy like he's guaranteed I feel like he's guaranteed that be like a solid rotational guy and they yeah. Really- yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really Yeah, good I was just going to say that. He, he's definitely a high floor, low ceiling mm-hmm. just because of, like, the way he's built. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think yeah, the worst he is is a solid rotational guy. And, but the best he is is, like, the fourth option in the starting lineup. But, I mean, if he's your starting uh, power forward, I think – I know he's only, say, like, six, seven and a half, six, eight. But I, I think it would be interesting to run him out uh, sort of like to do with Draymond um, as a, a small ball center. I think there's some options there. So uh, I, I was kind of all in on uh, the Warriors taking Carson Edwards here because he kind of does the same thing that Steph does. So you don't really have to change style of play when Steph's not on the court. Uh, and I think Grant Williams is kind of the same uh, – uh, the same thing goes with him and Draymond. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so 29 to the Spurs, we have Chuma Okeke. That's how you say it, right? Okeke? Uh, Okiki. Okiki. Um, I, I, it kind of sucks that he got hurt because I feel like he could have easily snuck into the top 20 if he was like able to work out for teams right now. But um, really good, like three and D forward, and he improved a lot in his second. I think he was a sophomore, right? Um, uh, yeah, I bu- yeah, he improved a lot. Yeah, he was a sophomore. Um, just seems like a really good complimentary guy, and the Spurs really need some three and D guys, especially since they lost Danny Green, <laughs> which is still yeah. just a, not a great move, but. Um, and they're good enough where they don't need them to contribute right away, so they can let them like rehab. So yeah, yeah, I like to pick uh, Okiki definitely. Like 
it seems like people forgot about him after he got injured. I know there wasn't many games uh, left in the season, but he's he's now starting to come up on mocks where like sometimes I'll even see him in the top twenty. Where whereas like two months ago, I, I wouldn't really see him in the first round. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think the Spurs go backcourt here because you got uh, obviously Dejounte Murray coming off the injury. Uh, Derek White has shown to be a solid player, and I'm pretty sure Patty Mills has two more years under contract. Um, they do need some three-point shooting at the wing position just because DeMar DeRozan doesn't, doesn't shoot threes. And, yeah, I think Okiki is the perfect fit to be uh, – he's going to know his role, and I think he's going to do it well. So uh, mm-hmm. he'd be a good Spurs player. Um, and finally finishing off uh, our first-round mock, uh, just had to make a change to this after the Pistons acquired the 30th pick from the Bucks. Um, I what I, they just ate Snell's contract, right? Is is that yeah, basically they traded what uh, John Lur to or John Lur, whatever you say, oh, yeah. um, to Milwaukee for the thirtieth pick in Snell. So uh, I kind I like to trade both ways. Um, I have so I have the Pistons uh, taking Ty Jerome. Uh, we obviously don't know what's going to happen with Andre Drummond. He is locked up, but that's a guy who could possibly be traded at some point in the next couple of years. Um, but I still wanted to stay away from a front court piece just because Blake Griffin and Drummond are there. Uh, obviously they took uh canard. Is that last year in last year's draft? That was, was two, that years two, two years last ago. Last year they took, uh, last year they, they, took, first, they didn't have their first they okay. traded for Blake. And then they took Bruce Brown, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a team in an interesting spot. And I think Ty Jerome – I haven't taken Ty Jerome. They do need help in the backcourt, especially Reggie Jackson on his final uh, year of his deal. I don't know if they're going to want to bring him back. Um, and if you bring in Ty Jerome and he plays well, I don't think they'd have to. Uh, I think Jerome is capable on and off the ball. I think he can go as high as maybe like 25 in this draft. Um He's just a really smart player. He, he makes the right play. Kobe White said uh, he was, when he was getting interviewed, he said uh, Jerome was the toughest player he had to guard last year. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think Jerome, wherever he goes, he's going to be a good fit wherever he goes just because he's going to conform to what the team needs him to do. Um, and I think he can do a lot. And in the Pistons uniform, he's probably going to be asked to do a decent amount, especially off the bench early on. So he'd be a good fit in Detroit. Yeah, I really like Jerome. Um his athleticism is a little worrisome. So I was looking it up. He had, um, let me see. Oh, I had it right here. He had the worst uh, lane agility of anyone at the combine. But he also, Damn, he just, yeah, it is. But he does have good size to make up for his lack of athleticism, at least. He's not like a small, unathletic guy. He's like 6'5", um, which helps. And he's such, a, he's such a terrific shooter off the catch. And he can do it a little bit off the dribble. And his passing, he's just such a smart passer. Like he barely turns the ball over at all. Um, he had five and a half assists to only one point six turnovers in one of the in like the toughest conference or arguably the toughest conference, whatever. Um, and yeah, he just seems like a really like the Pistons just need. I don't know. I'm still can't believe they made the playoffs, honestly. But um, they really need like just. It seemed like I don't know. Reggie Jackson is just not really that smart of a player, in my opinion. Like he's talented, but. Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's kind of been holding him back a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah, I like to pick a 30. So, I think Jerome's going to be good. So, All right. Uh, so, I guess we can touch on a few prospects that we didn't 
mention that may end up uh, being first round talents. I think the first one to talk about is Carson Edwards. Um, I know you you you've been off and on him. Are you are you still really high on Carson I'm Edwards? On him. I'm still on him. I'm on him definitely. Um, uh, again, it's depending where he goes. Like he needs to go to a team with big ball handlers. If he go, if he's trying to be the, like the main, if he goes to, like the Suns, I'd be pretty upset. Um, just because I feel like they would, at least the, like a lot of fans that like don't really watch, they would hope for him to be like the point guard that they've been looking for, and he's not that kind of player. No, yeah, so, I agree. Um, I think he's going to be a tremendous, like he'd be a tremendous like Lou Williams six man, come mm-hmm. in can put up thirty on any night. Um, he's not very efficient, but I think that'll change because he's not going to get as many shots. So if he's not efficient, then he's not going to be on the court. So you better learn to be efficient. Uh, but yeah, uh, oh USA just scored second goal lit. Um, I think uh, another guy is who's interesting is uh, Darius Baisley. Is that is it Baisley? Um, I think yeah, I think Baisley, who uh, chose to not go to Syracuse last year, and instead signed like a New Balance deal where he was like, he was working, like an intern or kind something. of like an internship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was just kind of working out and developing his game. Um, apparently, he had a he had a great pre draft prospect uh, pre draft process. Um, I mean, he can shoot the ball. He's he's big and he's only nineteen. Um, I think he can guard well. Uh, he's he's a good athlete. I think he he'd be someone to keep your eye on. Um, I'd say, kind of on the opposite end of Baisley, uh, Pascal Eric Pascal out of Villanova. Played in four years. He's just a winner. That, so at, at that point, it's like, do you want the guys who played one year of college and like, and like, they were pretty good, but you, it's all drafting on potential. Uh, with Pascal, you're drafting on what he did um, in the three years at Villanova. He's an NCAA champion, all region, um, and all tournament team in that championship run. Uh, he can stretch the floor. A lot of people are probably going to compare to Omar, 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 Omari Spellman because they're both like six eight, a little bit chunky, and can shoot the three. Um, but I think he'll be a decent bench player. Um, anyone else that you've got your eye on? Uh, well, I do like Pascal, although ESPN keeps mocking him 24. I'd be pretty hurt if he went 24. Although I wouldn't mind him with a second-round pick for the Sixers. Um, yeah, I think 24 is too Seems right. like just a solid – I mean, he's so – like he has an NBA body for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Bruno Fernando a lot from Maryland. Yeah. Um, super athletic. Great physical tools. Um, he still seems like he's learning the game, though. So defensively, I feel like he's going to struggle a lot. But, I mean, the second round, I would definitely take a swing on him. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Oh, and the, well, right before we changed the mock, uh, I had Claxton going 30th oh, to the right. Bucks. Yeah, Claxton's going to be good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's only 20. Um, he played at Georgia. And if he can develop, I mean, he's shown that there's a chance he may be able to uh, stretch his game out to the three-point line. That's all kind of on potential right now. Um, but at the least, he's, he runs the four well, he catches lobs well, and he protects the rim, which it's kind of what the Hawks would be taking at 10 in Jackson Hayes. Kind of do the same things. Mm. Hayes maybe does them a little better, is a little more polished. Um, but, yeah, I think Claxton could have a chance to be a good player. Yeah, I, I really like his ball handling for his size. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really intriguing. Um, trying to, I'm just looking through like a list of prospects, see if there's anyone I didn't mention. Daniel Gafford, who – Daniel Gafford, should, I think he's going to be good. 
Yeah, he if he would have come out last year, he probably would have been a top twenty pick. Yeah, uh, kind of pulled the Jake Locker where he came back for a year and didn't play as well. But yeah, he's skilled. He can play with his back to the basket and he runs the floor well. Oh, uh, Lewis King from Oregon. Oregon, yeah, good, good three and D prospect in my opinion. Um, good tools and shot well from three, shot well from the line, plays hard. So yeah, yeah, pretty sure he's got good. What yeah is. Six eight, and he's got a over seven foot wingspan. Him and uh, Bull Bull never saw the court together at Oregon. They were both okay. hurt at different times. Yeah, but that would have been interesting. Um, a guy that over the past month we've been seeing in some mocks, but it seems like he just fell off in like the past week, uh, which I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, Horton Tucker out of Iowa State. Oh yeah. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker. He's just 18 and a half years old right now. Um, he's six four, but he's got like a six nine wingspan or something crazy like seven, that seven one. Oh, so yeah yes Jeez. so that's just ridiculous it's a plus nine wingspan uh he can defend he can defend uh can he shoot can he do anything else other than defend uh how well can he defend grown men um because he is so young but i think someone that'll take a flyer on him uh probably early second round um let me see i think there's one more one i think do you think jonte's gonna get drafted yeah i think he'll get drafted that's another guy where if he came out last year, even though this class like is isn't as good, like he he would have gone higher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw him like mock twenty five sometimes last year. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, he's a, he, that's the guy you roll the dice on like mid to late second round just because he's a big guy who's got touch. Could be able if he turns into a guy who can knock down threes, he'd be like a, a solid bench bench player. Um, yeah. Um, from another Tennessee guy, Admiral Schofield. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll be solid. Yeah, I, I love watching Tennessee because it, I actually like Jordan Bone, who has a chance to go like in the 50s, uh, point, their point guard. And then obviously Grant Williams and Schofield. He is, he's the opposite uh, of these guys who aren't NBA ready. Schofield's, I'm going to, I don't know like his exact measurements, but he just is like a, a mountain of a man. He's uh, 6'5 with a 6'10 wingspan. He weighs 240. <laughs> And uh, I think he's got that – it's kind of – we categorize players into, like, three or four different stereotypes, and he'd be under that, like, three and D like, categorization. But I think he can do more than that. And I think uh, whatever team takes him in probably the 30s, I think they're going to get a good player. I think, I think he's going to be pretty good uh, as a bench guy. Yeah, I, I really like him. Uh, and the last guy I want to talk about was um, from Michigan. I don't know how to say it last oh, name. Oh, Brozdankis. Brozdankis, yeah. Um, I heard – I know the Sixers worked him out. I think he's been working out a lot of teams. He just seems like a, a great shooter, and he's got uh, pretty good measurements. So it's interesting. Yeah, I am surprised he came out. Um, but I think he might be one of those guys where I don't think he could have improved his stock. Like – because he balled out last year at Michigan. I remember watching him early on against North Carolina. And he was just getting to the bucket time after time after time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously not going to be that easy in the NBA. And he probably will just turn turn into more of just a shooter. But, I mean, just from watching him in college, you know that he has the chance to, like, turn into a guy that can just one-on-one get his own bucket who's not just uh, a shooter. And he also, like, plays really hard. He shows a lot of emotion. So I think he should go somewhere in this draft. I don't know if it should be like in the top 35 or top 40, but I think he should uh, should be somewhere because I like his game a lot. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Obviously, uh, I feel like this is one of those drafts where you when you, when you're looking at the guys who are projected to go second round, it's a lot of uh, players that even if you're a casual college basketball fan, uh, you'll recognize the name. Um, so I think that's always interesting, just when it's less like of a bunch of international players and more guys that you can uh, put a face to the name to see where they go. Um, yeah, I, th- I think obviously the talent compared to last year's draft, uh, not as good, um, especially at the top. But I think it'll flatten out, and I think it'll turn out to be a pretty fun draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything at four. The Pelicans are really like the agent's chaos at this point. Um, yeah. Because we all know who's going top three, barring any like crazy trade. Um, so whoever goes four is really going to shape up the rest of the lottery, which is going to be really interesting. Yeah, um, and what what I would say is, uh, so we know who's going one through three, and then I feel like we know who's going four through eight. It just depends what order. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would assume Doombia goes nine and Hayes goes Hayes goes ten, uh, just from all the various mocks out there. And then after that, I feel like eleven through even just the remainder of the first round gets really interesting because you'll see guys like Brandon Clark be projected at 11 and you'll see someone else have Brandon Clark at like 19. And then some people have Nasir Little at 11 and some people have Little at like 20. Um, and I, I just think the, and like same with Kelvin Johnson, we had him going like 26 and there's a strong chance he gets taken in the top 20 picks. So I think there's just a lot of fluctuation um, in the, in the like 11 to 25 range. That'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. yeah it'll be, it'll be really fun um yeah that's all i got yeah that's all i got too um so yeah if you're listening to this after the draft we'll see, you'll be seeing how accurate we are uh like i said with all the fluctuation i don't know how accurate our mock will be then again no mocks are really too close um but yeah that's all you got i'm all oh, good yeah. over here all right so we're going to be coming out uh probably maybe sometime this weekend to break down the draft and then um, also talk about uh, impending free agency, maybe do a little prediction on like the top 10, 15 guys where we uh, think they're going to go. Um, but of course the NBA season never sleeps. So I'll be looking for the articles, the pods, uh, the Twitter interaction, because it's sure to get wild obviously tonight and in the uh, coming 10 days. So thanks for listening to another SQ sports podcast. Right. Out. Peace.